0: Welcome to the Life Church podcast. We are an Acts 2:42 community, a family on a mission to bring a life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you are ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Order, order. You may sit. Will the defendant rise? <coughs> On count one, of not loving God with all of your heart, all of your body, all of your mind, and all of your spirit, do you plead guilty or not guilty? Guilty. On count two, of lying and cheating to your neighbour, are you guilty or not guilty? Guilty. On count three, of holding unforgiveness in your heart to those that have hurt you. Do you plead guilty or not guilty? Guilty. On count four, of being hateful, hurtful and harmful to others. Do you plead guilty or not guilty? Guilty. Count five, of all kinds of stealing to those In your life, do you plead guilty or not guilty? Guilty. On count six, withholding love and care to your neighbor. Do you plead guilty or not guilty? Guilty. On count seven, (laughs) of neglecting yourself and not loving all that God has made you. Do you plead guilty or not guilty? On count eight, being selfish with your time, your talents, and your finance. Do you plead guilty or not guilty? Guilty. Could you speak up a little bit, please? Guilty or not guilty? Guilty. Thank you. On count nine, of being angry with people, at life's trials and difficulties, and all that life hands you. Do you plead guilty or not guilty? Guilty. And finally, Of count ten. Of not trusting God, your heavenly father, has the best plan and purpose for your life. Do you plead guilty or not guilty? Guilty, Your Honor. So I therefore Oh. Thank you, sir. Seems like somebody has been listening and watching your struggles with life and your inability to manage your battles and all that has led to these charges. You are to walk out of this court a free man as this person accepts and takes responsibility for the charges held against you. Free this man. Before you walk, to acknowledge and to show your gratitude to this act of love towards you and to live in the very purpose of which it was carried out, you are to acknowledge and live out the following. You are not to remember your counts of wrongdoing as these have been erased from the court's records. You are to walk out of here with no sense of guilt, shame, or regret. You have a clean slate and you have a new start. This pardon also not only applies from your past charges, but your present and your future. Moreover, This pardon holds the power to transform you internally, to radically change you externally. So all may see and experience the change that it has made in your life. Go and be a representative of the one who has stepped in and given you a fresh start. You may walk. John 3, I don't know whether we've got the scriptures there. John 3 verse 17 says this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. This question was asked to Jesus. Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to a new life. It is me, it's Paul. (laughs) It is nice having hair, actually. (laughs) Jesus the judge split it up into two one of our past and what Jesus means being a judge over our present and our future and the freedom that he has pronounced over us that we walk guiltless and shameless in this life and as Um, the defendant was sent on his way he was sent with a charge and a charge to be a good representative of the one that took his place and we know that that was Jesus who took on his shame and his guilt and his sin and his wrongdoing and became his righteousness or became unrighteousness for him And now Dale, the defendant, walks clothed in the righteousness of the one that took his place. And he is to live clothed. You are to live clothed in the righteousness of God. It doesn't always feel that you're righteous. There are times we mess up, um, times that we just miss the mark. But according to God's count, you are righteous. Second part of Jesus being the judge is after we have had the intervention of God in our life, either being saved, becoming a Christian, however you want to term it. There is a responsibility on you and I as believers to then be a representative be an ambassador to be somebody that is displaying the change that has happened in our life says this in second corinthians chapter 5 verse 10 for we all must appear before the judgment seat of christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So there is coming, in that sense, a second judgment of what we have done with our life. Because there are going to be rewards in our eternal home. Just like any of us that are working That depending on what we put away, myself, not very much, but what we put away pension-wise, what we give into our national insurance contributions, the way that we save, the way we may put money in, ISAs, and all that kind of thing, at the end of your working life, at retirement, whatever, it's going to be about 90 for me, um, but whatever time you retire, you will enjoy and reap the rewards of all that you have sown. Maybe money that you could have spent in your 30s, but you decided to put a percentage of that away into a saving fund. And you counted the cost uh, with your finance through your life so that at retirement you can retire with a sense of you you can at least live. And the, and the sad fact is that the less that you put to one side, the more you'll struggle when you're older. The less the reward. Exactly the same in our heavenly home. And why we're here on our watch, on your watch, we have an opportunity to invest what God has given to us. So that when that day comes, we're welcomed into heaven, that we get that well done, you good and you faithful servant. You've done well, you've invested well. Come and enjoy all that you've put to one side. Paul says that we are not to invest in things that rust and moth destroys. But we invest in things that are in heavenly places because that's where we will live eternally. We will leave our Ford. We will leave our Mercedes. We will leave our homes. We will leave all the things that we've accumulated on this earth. They're all going to rust. They're all going to fall to pieces. The only thing that will not fall to pieces is the rewards that we have laid up for ourselves. And there is a Uh, a little parable that Jesus gives. The theology side of it is that Jesus is talking to the house of Israel, the people of Israel, um, regarding the second coming, regarding when he returns. But the same principle still applies uh, in this parable about investing well. And Jesus um, says that there is a man that comes uh, and he's a wealthy landowner. And he comes along with some bags of gold and he gives it to his servants and tells them to invest it well. And he gives them these bags of gold and he says, I'm going away on a journey and I want you to invest well. So I'm going to ask Kirsty, I'm going to give Kirsty some bags of gold. There is five bags of gold there. Don't rush away, Kirsty. Five <laughs> bags of gold. And that gold that's been invested in your life, the first bag is that you've got a great gift of caring and understanding. The second bag of gold is you've got the ability to listen and be a friend that's just there. That third bag of gold, I've given you the ability to achieve academic. Excellence, so that you can add to this world and that you can be a a great ambassador for the kingdom. On the fourth bag of gold, you have got a great way of bringing peace into situations that just need stability. Somebody that's grieving, somebody that's hurting, somebody that doesn't know where to turn, you've got a great gift of bringing stability. In their life, that's your fourth bag of gold. And your last bag of gold is I've given you a great smile, and I want you to use that smile wherever you go, just to bring lightness into somebody else's life. Are you going to go and invest them? Get on your way then, <laughs> Levi. Going to give you two bags of gold, mate. No less value than the five, but I'm giving you two. The first bag, I've given you the ability to bring joy and laughter to sad and stressed out people that are worried and concerned and they don't know what to do and they feel really down and low. You can bring some joy and laughter in their life, okay? That's the first bag of gold. Your second bag of gold is that you are going to be a great earner in life. So you're gonna be rolling in the money. And your gift is to use that and to sow that wisely into other people's lives, Uh, maybe into charities and maybe into um, other areas of, of, of people's lives. So that's your responsibility. So I want you to go and invest that gold. Is that okay? Go on, go and invest. To another, he gave one bag of gold. Tom. There's your bag of gold, mate. And that bag of, don't run away. That bag of gold um, is an ability to bring order, control, and organization. Where there's mayhem, and where people don't know what decision to make, what job to take, you've got a great way of bringing organisation and control and stability into life situations. So I want you to go and use that well, is that okay? Go on then, go and invest. And the parable goes that these go and he goes away and then he returns and sees what investment has been made. So, Kirsty, can you come back, please? Let's see how well you've done. Oh. Oh. Hang on here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten bags of gold. Hey, she's done well there. <laughs> well done. You've invested well. You've gone out, you've lived this life and you've used all the gifts and talents that I gave you, and you've and they've come back. As you've invested in people, as you've invested in life, you have made a great return. So you're going to enjoy that reward when you get to heaven. So well done, you good and faithful servant. <laughs> Levi. What have you got here? So you've doubled your efforts too. So you've got four bags of gold. Well done. Thank you for bringing joy and laughter into many people's lives. There was lots of people hurting. There was lots of people sad, but you just stepped into their lives so many times. Absolutely brilliant. And the finance that you've given away during your life. Do you realize how many children's lives that have been saved? Do you realize how many people have been saved from um, in in times of war because you've invested well that money? Absolutely brilliant. Listen, you're going to enjoy your inheritance when you get to heaven. Well done, bud. (laughs) Tom. Tom. What do you call that? What's that? One bag of gold. So you've not invested. And the parable goes that the master said that you've just hidden it away. What he said was that I was worried. So what I did was I just buried this bag of gold. I just, I just dug a hole in the ground. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to lose it. And so I just put it in a a, a hole in the ground. And when you call me back, I've just brought you your bag back. Now, the the actual scripture is quite quite harsh. Um, Bearing in mind, it is to the uh, generation, uh, to the uh, nation of Israel. Um, And he says, get away from me, you wicked servant. But you're not wicked, mate. You're a a good lad. That would be bad parenting, that, wouldn't it? Well done, Tom. Thank you. Give him a round of applause. That first bag of gold, the one bag of gold, was not invested. And I find this parable really, really challenging. Uh, When we uh, go around uh, doing compassion uh, in different churches, it's one of the illustrations I very often give. um, Is about investing. Um, Not just finance, but investing... Different, as I've said uh, earlier, all the different uh, abilities and talents that have been invested in our life. But sadly, there was no reward awaiting the one bag of gold because that's all it ended up being is one bag. My simple challenge to us this morning is where are we investing even if it's one bag of gold? You see, in God's economy, one bag... Is no difference than five bags, the reward's exactly the same. So we don't look around and think, well, Kirsty had five bags; she had a be- better opportunity. No, the opportunity is with the talent that you have been given. So we don't look around and say, well, I can't, uh, I can't give like they give. I'm, I don't have that kind of job that they have. Uh, I can't play the keyboard like these guys can, and the, and the, and the guitar. I'm, I'm nowhere near as good as that. I couldn't even attempt it. So, But every one of us are absolutely yeah. unique. And there are things that God has talents, that God has planted in our lives to give. Let me just say this challenging comment, by the way. Just come to me. If all of our investment is just within the church walls, or within our church uh, society, there's something drastically wrong. I've known lots of Christians that the only time that they invest is within their church family or within their church walls. No, no. We're told to go out and be kind and be generous to everybody. The people that are in the queue next to us. The woman that's rummaging rummaging around in a purse, trying to find the last 10p to pay for her shopping. We're just to step in. Say, I'll pay for your shopping today. Somebody who just looks like they're hurting, they're a bit sad, they're on their own. It's not a church event. We're we're just to sit next to them and say, is everything okay? Because actually, if all our investment is within the church walls and within our church confines and our church friends, um, we're not going to impact this world, are we? And to be honest, it's easier to probably invest within the church. So there are rewards coming for us and there is a judgment of our investment why we are on our watch The question is Have you invested your gold? Do you know what your gold is? Do you realize those things that you're skillful at, those things that you're you're really good at, might be something with your hands, might be something with your mind, might be part of your character, part of your nature? That is God's given talent and ability to you to go out and shine and make a difference in this dark, cruel world that can be so often. How have I invested? What situations do I swerve every day? What people do I swerve and go round? Who, what and where have I ignored to invest in my life? I heard somebody say this a couple of years ago that's always stood with me. And the question was, well, how do I know where to invest? You know, how do do I know where to give my talents and my abilities? And this guy said, I've come to adopt this, this concept, this idea is that who is on my path today? So as you're walking down your path of life each, each day, they're the people that are on your path, that are in your way, that you either decide to dodge, not spend time with, not invest with, not give a bit of yourself. They are the people, I believe, that are on your path to invest some light and some gift and some talent into them. And there are always, always areas that we can invest in our families, showing love and care, being kind, sharing, being generous. In our school, that we're kind to our school friends, When we see people being picked on, kids being isolated, we're supposed to be the ones that go to them and befriend them. We're the ones that are to maybe just step in and just say, hey, just leave them alone. They're having a little bit of a rough time at the moment. They're being cared by their nana and granddad because mum and dad's not there at the moment. And that in our school situations, those of you who are at school, that's where we can shine. That's where we can invest what we know and who we are. In our college and university, exactly the same again. That we invest who we are and what God has given us just to brighten somebody's day. In our employment, where we are at work, that we be the light and that we allow those abilities that we shine. And, and when we shine with those abilities and when we invest those talents, they open up people's hearts. Very often people say to me, well, where's the gospel in all this? You know, where, you know, where's preaching the gospel in all this and, and shining? Yeah. You, these, are, these things create bridges to people. As you show kindness... As you step in where nobody else steps in. As you see something that nobody else sees. It builds a bridge to that person. And I find so many times that it gives me a bridge to walk over and say, Hey, there's somebody that has made a change in my life. This is why I'm like I am. This is why I've just spent some time with you. And it's, it's these bridge builders that are great in our social networks. Where we go from here this morning, in our social worlds, on your TikTok accounts, on your Facebook accounts, on your Instagram, are we shining? Are we, are we showing who we are? Are we, are we sharing our light and our talents with others? And very lastly, and I put it last, our church. Are we investing in our local church? Because that's part of our investment. Paul says that I have put you all together and that you are a body and that each body has a certain part to play. Some is a hand, some is an eye, some's an ear, one's a leg, another is a hand. But I've put the body of Christ together so that it works together and that every part fitting together, the body works as a complete and whole. Do you know where your part is? Are you investing well in your church? And starting from the very simple things of maybe hosting, welcoming somebody in that maybe has had a a tough, hard week or life, going through some sadness. Maybe you've got an ability just to just to be able to welcome somebody and make somebody feel warm and make somebody feel valued. Maybe you're great at making tea and coffee and setting up a table and you're great at arranging. Do you know what? All those things for me are, are far more important than preaching and doing all the big, big light things because people listen to a million sermons but when they get a warm welcome or when they just get, get, get served a nice cup of coffee and somebody just talks to them and places value in them, that very often is what keeps people in church. Not like people like me that just spout at the front. It's, it's people that invest well. And there's all other places of investing. There is song leading and worshipping. There is working the desk like Sasha does Uh, faithfully every week. Um, There is preaching. There's there's Sunday school work. There's youth work. There's all kinds of things that we can invest in. There's stuff that goes in here, on in here throughout the week where you can come and just share coffee and pray and, and encourage people. There's loads of different levels and enough levels for you to invest what is in your life. The question is, are you going to get, oh, well done, good and faithful servant. You've invested well, and you've brought me back loads of gold. Come on. Let's be gold diggers. Come on. Let's, let's get some bags of gold. Not, on, not only just for when we get in heaven, but you know what? It builds you up. It builds me up when we just make a change in somebody's life when we see their countenance change, when they say, thank you. Thanks for talking to me. Thanks for stopping that situation. Thank you for that finance you gave me. I didn't know how I was going to pay that gas bill, but you stepped in and I thank you for that. I just don't know what would have happened. They're the kind of things that build us up. They're a side. You know, they're a side that we don't do it for that reason, but they do build you up as well. So come on, let's, let's be great investors this week. Let's leave these double pairs of doors with an investment mindset because every one of you have got gold in your life. Okay, I hereby dismiss you. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Please keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.livechurchwarrington.com.